All right. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio. We're on YouTube, the video show on YouTube. But you may be out there listening on International Shortwave on world-famous station WBCQ up in Monticello, Maine on 7490. And uh, we welcome you uh, to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, just remember, uh, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, you can join us live, uh, video, and chat by going to uh, w5kub.com. Just a couple things real quick, uh, if you will. I, I, I really need everybody to help me out there. If you will, hit that subscribe button right there. It really helps us out. Uh, YouTube uh, uses that little subscribe button, and, and what it does, it helps them bring more and more people to our channel and be aware of our channel when they're surfing around and looking at other ham radio or radio-related things. Uh, they see that little uh, uh, that little uh, picture of us over there, and they click on it, and they, they find the show. And uh, believe it or not, that brings about 30% of our viewers every week uh, to us. Uh also, um, uh, so hit that subscribe button. Please hit the um, hit the notify button because sometimes we come on during the week and uh, with some special special things there. So please do that. Hit the like button if you like the show. Uh, we want to invite you to join our Facebook group. We have a great Facebook group with over twelve thousand ham radio operators and shortwave listeners, and uh, it follows the show. Uh, but you can just type in simply. W5KUB and uh, W5KUB in the search on uh, on uh, uh, Facebook will find us and we'll approve you and get you right in here. Hey, I want to say something uh, special tonight. We have a very special person in the chat room tonight. And Oliver, you or many of you may know him. That's James Lee, uh, WX4TV. James has uh, really... Most of you guys know the story. I'm not going to get into the detail, but James has been very, very, very uh, ill and a lot of medical procedures. Uh, I think James is just, a, he's been in the hospital for, um, I think, about three months now. Uh, I think he's ready to move out maybe into um, uh, a center that can give him some rehabilitation, uh, if I've got that right. So uh, we we wishing James a fast recovery. James, and uh, we've missed you, and we're so glad that you're feeling good enough to uh, be on the uh, be in the chat room with us tonight. So everybody, welcome uh, James Lee WX4TV uh, with us tonight. He is back with us, and uh, it's been a long, a hard uh, ordeal for him, but uh, he's still with us. And James, we think about you all the time. Uh, uh, hang in there, and. Uh, uh, we're glad to see you back with us there. All right, let's see what else we got going here real quick. Uh, boy, hey, for you guys following our balloon, our balloon just woke up. We, it just woke up uh, over um, over China, and uh, we are we're still flying. So we just uh, we just woke up over China. If I can find it here, there we go. And uh, in about 14 hours, we will be over South Korea in about 14 hours. We're moving right along, and uh, we've really hit some slow wind over China. Well, we'll it's heading right for Wuhan. What was that? Heading right for Wuhan. Oh, Wuhan? Yeah, Wuhan. It's about well, 
Yeah, well, it'll be over Wuhan. I hope the code doesn't get up to 41,000 feet. I, I tell you what, uh, I, I, I had pictures of the uh, crew wearing masks. I should have had them loaded up tonight. Uh, we've gone near Wuhan before, but uh, like you say, yeah, I see it there on a the map here. Looks like we're heading pretty close to it, so uh, hopefully they're not venting a lot of that stuff up in the air. But uh, anyway, hey, we should be over uh, over the uh, water there and getting close to uh, South Korea, maybe in about 14, 15 hours, I'm hoping here. Hey, uh, let's let's go over real quick, and we'll talk about this later here. And uh, let's go back over and, and, and see who's uh, who's on here remotely with us. I just heard Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing tonight? Come on back in here, Bill. And Bill, I'm doing fine. Just watching your balloon go around the world. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I, it's been really slow the last three days. So we were stuck in China, man. It was just not, not doing much. And uh, uh, although... Uh, it looks like it, it's going to hit some wind. It, the, the last part of China there is going to hit some wind, 60, 70 miles an hour, hopefully. And then I'm showing a straight shot to the U.S. And, and Bill, the, uh, man, the jet streams are running 150, 160 miles an hour on Ventusky. So uh, we, we, we might make up some time. Uh, you You're know. picking up some speed for sure, but it was a slow go. Yeah, yeah, it was a slow go there. Well, look, uh, hey, uh, what what internet are you on tonight? You look better. Uh oh. Entry link DSL. Okay, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> you spoke too soon. I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. Okay. All right. Well, hey, you, you, you're doing fair tonight. We're, we're glad. I'll switch, to, I'll switch for you. That's all right. We're glad to have you. I'll switch over to the. <clears throat> Glad to have you. Uh, glad to have you in there. Let's go over to. Uh, let's go in here. Let's um, let's pick up uh, Glenn. Come on in here, Glenn. Talk to us. Hey, good evening, Tom, and uh, shout out to James there back in the chat rooms. Good to see you back with us. And uh, I get to do my little thing. If you all flipped your calendar to the first of the month, this is the month that uh, one of the two demon children is the calendar girl. You get to see Godzilla and all her glory is uh, this month's cat for the AWRL's Cats and Shacks calendar. Is that right? Okay, you have yeah. a, a celebrity there. Okay, well, yeah. I, have to, I don't have the calendar, but uh, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it somewhere and and check it out there. All yeah. right. Well, hey, I saw Glenn this weekend. We'll talk a little about that in a little while. Uh, Glenn and I both went down to the April Fool Ham Fest. And uh, it's kind of a neat little ham fest uh, down in Mississippi, and we were down here this weekend. Uh, well, Glenn, uh, this is the first uh, week. Let me see if I can get me on here, too. This is the first week show that we haven't announced a major severe storm fixing to hit in the next 24 <laughs> hours. You know, the last three or four weeks, man, it has been... It has been uh, Right on schedule. I don't know how those storms do that. Well, we had thunderstorms this morning. Yeah. But, yeah, <clears throat> I had to drive to work in that, but it mostly had passed by the time I got on the road. Well, yeah, and we had a little bit here, too. Uh, hey, I got to run my generator again it, the second time. It's supposed to be here tomorrow, so if that's any consolation. Oh, tomorrow oh. we're supposed to get stuff here in Huntsville. Well, yeah, um, I, I don't think it's going to be too bad 
because we didn't we didn't get much of anything here. So maybe this will be one of the weeks that uh, that we don't have a lot going on weather wise. Uh, but uh, hey, I have run the generator twice now. We ran it seven hours during that. What was that? That, that ice storm, and then we run it another uh, three and a half the other night. You know, you know the. Uh, uh, light gets the water. I saw them in my backyard, and and uh, Glenn and uh, they were looking. The way my the way my subdivision is fed, there's a a, a switch down at the very end of the street, uh, and then that feed comes down behind my house and makes a turn about about a quarter mile from here. It goes down another street and it turns back and it makes like a U shape. And we're all the time losing power out here. And uh, he was in my backyard to see if there was a tree limb on it. He was checking all the backyards because uh, uh, usually he says that's what what takes us out. And uh, down at the end is usually where it is. Uh, uh, nearly every time it goes out, he says 7 out of 10, it's down in that area. We have a lot of trees. And, uh, you know, the people across the street from me, most of the time, they, they keep electricity. It's just the people on my side that go out. And I said, well, what's the difference? He says, they don't have any trees over there. And uh, and what what happens is trees, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, not a limb fell, but an entire 100-foot tree fell. You know, you can cut the limbs back all you want and get them away from the, get them away from the power lines. But then when you have a 100-foot one fall over on them, uh, you know, you just almost can't, you can't anticipate that, I guess. Now, we had a little bit of fallout from the, the dead limbs out of the trees you know, yesterday and this morning, but not a whole lot. Power hasn't gone out here at all. You know, Mississippi power must be a little bit more reliable than that Memphis stuff y'all get. Yeah, yeah. You you buy the cheap power. Do we get cheap power here? <laughs> well, I hope I hope we get cheap gas now. Uh, because that gener the generator could, you know, hey, I, I looked up the uh, I looked up the generator, uh, and you know, so what's the average uh, cost to run it? And I looked up on their site, and they said it uh, it cost anywhere from I don't know, seems like five dollars. Let's see. Oh, this is this. It says something like five dollars to two hundred and fifty dollars a day, and I'm thinking, what? Yeah, and that's that's in pre twenty twenty two dollars. Yeah, but you know what? But but I looked up our our gas our gas charge here is about half the national average. Yeah. It's pretty low. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. gas uh, is the natural gas charges are very low for this area. Yeah, and actually, regular gasoline is too because we have the refinery right here on the river. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so gas prices aren't horribly bad, you know, as they could be. Definitely not six and seven dollar a gallon stuff. Well, I figure that it's going to probably run me about two dollars an hour to run the generator, which to me and, that's acceptable. If I have to run twenty four hours, you know, that's forty eight bucks. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, but think of the food in the refrigerator you'll save. Yeah, well, you know, that stuff's if, getting expensive. If it's winter time, I'll just set it outside. Well, that's true. You know, but hey. Now I don't even have to do. I can be lazy now. I don't have to go outside. Yeah, and don't have outside. to do anything. Don't have to do anything. In fact, uh, we were uh, running on generator this last time. I didn't even know we were on generator until it sent us an email and told us we were on generator. 
<laughs> uh, well, man. All right. Well, hey, uh, we'll talk in a few minutes about uh, April Fool Ham Fest. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a... You're going to have to help me describe some of the stuff I'm seeing. Uh, I know... Sure. I know, you know, most of the stuff here, but um, there's things I don't know. You probably will know what they are, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, next week... Next week, Riley Hollingsworth is going to be with us. You know, Riley is the retired special counsel to the FCC, and he was uh, responsible for the enforcement uh, of amateur radio for many years. And, of course, Riley, you know, retired from there. But Riley, I think now is still, is, I guess he's still the director of the new ARRL program, the Volunteer Monitors. So uh, Riley will be with us next week. And uh, we'll probably uh, talk about what's going on there with the volunteer monitoring service and and so forth. So um, that should be should be interesting there. Um, well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the uh, I'm gonna pull up the uh, April Fool Ham Fest. It was a small Ham Fest, guys. It's about a 10 minute video. So uh, hopefully you won't be too bored. It was it was a neat little uh, little ham fest, and uh, just watch the video and uh, comment in the chat room if you want to, and see if you can name some of the equipment. So what I did, I walked down all the tables and tried to do a little close up of, of some of the stuff here, and uh, I'll uh, I'll comment on some of it. Glenn will comment on some of it. Well, we're gonna see Glenn's table first. Now he has <laughs> he has a. A pile a, of eclectic a, junk. Yeah, I don't know what what you call it. A smorgasbord of equipment on his table. So let me uh, let me pull that up, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to Corinth, Mississippi, and uh, we will we're gonna check out this ham fest. Here we go. And this was uh, at Crossroads Arena, which they also do a lot of other events. They had uh, a uh, equestrian event there. Uh, earlier in the week, and they still had the main floor covered in dirt. Oh, uh, man, yeah. We were supposed to be down on the main floor. Let me tell you, that still, dirt, hey, that dirt, that dirt was about, it was over a foot thick, man. They oh, piled no, it. There, at certain points, it was like five feet Oh, thick. really? They piled it in here. Here, here we go. Here yeah. we go. Okay, guys. Hey, we are at the April Fool Ham Fest. They need to find home Hi, hi. Yeah, you got to have a laser printer. Everybody needs a laser printer in their shack. As if Tuesday wasn't enough, you're going to do this on a Saturday. Yeah, here. Talk to us. Talk to us. Hey, uh, we're about 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from me doing an Arduino forum over here, and we're going to have all sorts of fun. As you can see, I am cleaning out my house with junk. We have printers, we have mesh networking, we have a micro bit X, we got a coffee maker for those of you that need to stay up for those late night contests. We got a 2.4 gig antenna, we got uh, that's a, a waterproof mesh networking box, we've got dishes, we got everything. IP phones. All right. Well, hey, good luck in selling all this stuff. Well, it's going slowly. All right, I'm gonna walk around. I'll be right back. Oh yeah. So uh, this is in the uh, arena. How you doing, Harold? You want to say something, Harold? Here, hold that. Take that mic here. Tell us about it, man. Yeah. Welcome to the W5 AWP Air Cares uh, Club Hamfest here in Corinth, Mississippi. We've uh, 
just our fifth iteration and trying to get bigger and better every year. And uh, always gracious to have KUB to broadcast us. And uh, best thing is just when you get through looking at all the, all the good stuff that we have here in the crowd. And uh, I, won't, I won't tie up the air if we can start looking at what uh, Mr. Tom has got for you. All right, man. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you a little later. Uh-huh. Yeah, it may have been small, but they did have a lot of good stuff there. This is the front door and where you get your tickets. Hey. Hey, how you doing? A lot of stuff here today. A lot of uh, accessories, SWR meters, batteries. Yeah, they had a lot of older rigs. A lot of really good-looking older rigs. Nice stimulator yeah. right there. Well, there was, there was a number of modern rigs out there, too. Saw, yeah, uh, they did. They had a 991A, in yeah, fact. Yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey. There's a DX60 from Heath Hello. Kid there. Hi. I don't know about this receiver Oh, here. I love that old, old uh, receiver, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, that was a Hammerlin, if I'm not was mistaken. It? Yeah. That's cool, man. I'd have loved to have played with it. Probably I, not. I don't have room for it. They tried to get me to take it, but I, I don't have room my, for it. My shack is too full. How you doing? No, I'm trying to clean house. There's a pair of Yesu FT-101s, the original ones. I like that speaker. Yeah. The old 4B amplifier right here. Yeah, pair of three 500 Zs on top. How you doing? How you doing? Doing good. Got some trick equipment. Seems like you always see Drake gear at a ham fest. Yeah. That's pretty good gear, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Beautiful receiver there. That may even be a transmitter, too. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that was an old Hallicrafters rig. I don't yeah. remember the model number. They make one of those that has both transmitter and receiver. A lot of good hardware. Hey, guys. He had a lot of good older computer gear. 
There's the dirt we were talking about. Yeah. A lot of 11-meter gear there, and that, I've been seeing that at several ham fests here recently. A lot of 11-meter gear showing up. There's your 991A. There were several of those there. Yeah. There's your blower air bomb. Guy had a lot of good uh, old stereo hi-fi type Part. gear as well. Mm -hmm. Pile of videotapes and DVDs. There's some swan equipment. Yeah. Saw a few cantenas there. Yeah, there's a couple of cantenas hanging around. That was a Heath 2036 two meter rig. I built one of those from a kit yeah. many, many moons ago. Well, back then there wasn't too much to select for from uh, two meters. No, it was, it was one of the first synthesized rigs that was affordable. Yep. Nice spools of copper wire there. There's an old signal generator. You're on there, say hi. All right. All right. Here you go, take our card there. You can watch this on the on uh, internet Tuesday night. Give it to your give it to your parents. Tell them you'll be on TV Tuesday night. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well how far does your stuff go? All the way down? table, all four all tables. Oh yeah, man, you got a lot of stuff here. We do. We've got a lot of stuff that you won't find uh, most places. For example, out of power supplies. I saw a brand new CB radio power cord. Uh, been, a, been a few years. Or yeah, or the, yeah, the, the mic connectors. Mic connectors. These those are hard cool. to find. Those old, uh, mm -hmm. car, Motorola radio yeah. boxes. Yeah, yeah. And those are the best sounding speakers because oh, yeah. they're designed yeah. for voice reproduction. Well, they got a, oh, they yeah, got a big magnet on that speaker. You got a pretty good sized speaker in there too. Oh, yeah. I've got I've got some of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, power supplies. Uh, shortwave receivers are really staging a comeback, I think, largely because of the war in the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, people are hearing that they can hear stuff on shortwave you can't get over broadcast media. So these are becoming very popular again. Yeah, well, this is, a, this is my kind of stuff here. I grew up uh, shortwave listening back in the 60s when I got my license, and uh, I love the old shortwave receivers here. This is one of the cleaner drakes you'll ever see. It's a 2B. I had and one of those. 
Let me let me put your mic down for a second. Okay, all right. I don't remember ever seeing a 2B. Mm -hmm. Still loaded with complete original Sylvania green print tubes. Yeah. Well, wow. That's good. Very clean. Palacrafters, <clears throat> which is just a standard. Oh, yeah. You know, when it comes to this <clears throat> stuff. A couple of uh, three kilowatt tuners. They just went by my helicopters. Oh wow! If I can find it. That little receiver on a couple of radios to the left. I have my glasses on. That's uh, an ICOM 735. Oh, yeah. You'll know that that's special. That Man, you you don't ever find those with the plastic off. cover. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's saying. So this that one cover has it is with the typically missing. Amphenol connectors, tube yeah. testers, which are absolutely worthless unless you want to test a tube. That's right. And it's the only thing that's going to do it. Well, I yep. got rid of a tube tester years ago. I grew up with tubes, you know. Right. Yeah. This is Sylvania. This one's a Jackson. Yeah. This yeah, is those were those were a little on the pricey side, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Don't yeah. Even know about that. This is not in any catalog anywhere. This is That's a neat little transmitter. That's the kind of stuff I would yeah, build uh, back CW in the 60s. Transmitter. Got a sweep tube in it and uh, plug in coil. And That's kind of cool. crystal in right there. That's cool. Of course, you know you're going to be on one frequency and there's no reception. But that's yeah. what the receiver is for. Oh, man. I like it. Well, you can make an offer and it can be yours. Oh, man. I've got stuff like this in the attic. But that's the kind of stuff I like to build, you know. Well, it would be a good company. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. Uh -huh. Always good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah, there's some more of the older rigs. They, like I say, there's a whole bunch of really nice-looking ones there. There's the uh, 811 amp. That's got three tubes in it, I think. I think that's that one does. Version. The uh, 811H has four tubes in it. Yeah, it may have been a small ham fest, but they had quality stuff there. Yeah. Very tempting. You got your forum, Glenn? You going to your forum? Going to Where's it going to be? Back in the back over there. Okay. All the way across the side of the dirt. All right. Well, you know that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, again, it was a small uh, small ham fest, but you know we got to meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people.
Uh, uh, well, you got to get out of the house and you yeah. know, go somewhere. Yeah. You got to meet other hams again. You know, nobody had to wear masks and stuff. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, we enjoyed getting out. In fact, uh, that's what I told Kathy. And go ahead. I did my usual. If I'm going to win a prize, it's going to be an ARRL gift certificate. Did you win something? $25 ARRL gift certificate. Wow. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, I I, uh, I bought $15 worth of tickets. I think I think 15 got me 15 tickets, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, I, I heard very few. Well, I was only there a few hours. I, I didn't hear many people. Uh, did they ever call my name for anything? They did not call your name. Oh, and man. they gave out some pretty nice stuff. Did they? Oh, yeah. Well, I was counting on the main prize. What was the main prize? The main prize was $500 cash or, or something. Uh, and I come 7100 Okay, okay. So um, I'd have probably taken the radio myself. Yeah, man. the guy that won it did take the radio. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why. I got too many radios, but I would have probably yeah. taken the radio. But, you know, I, oh, yeah. But it was oh, a well. fun little ham fest and, you know, nice one day for me. It ran for two days, but, you know, I only went for the one. And now this weekend, we've got the Memphis uh, Free Fest coming up, which is going to be a lot of fun as well. Everything there, all the proceeds benefit uh, <clears throat> Le Bonner Children's Hospital here in Memphis. Yeah, in fact, I've already bought a bunch of tickets for that one. Uh, Rick uh, Tillman came by the other day, and uh, he was out selling tickets, so... He came by and I bought a big stack of tickets and we stamped them and he took them and uh, I hope he puts them in the barrel, you know. <laughs> but wow, uh, I, I paid him not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hey, it, it's a good ham fest now. That ham fest, the free fest, yeah. well, I, I would guess it's probably compared to this this one we just showed. What do you think? It's probably twice as large, maybe three times. Oh, I'd say three times as large. I mean, times. they have every table filled in it. Yeah, it's about three times as large. And, you know, they a much, much larger crowd. I mean, it, you know, it's like salmon swimming <clears throat> upstream when they first opened the doors. And, Bill, there was a guy there this weekend that had a whole stack of 73 magazines on a table. I've got a whole stack, too, yeah. I couldn't bring it to a table. Well, hey, I need to get me some of those. Look at them. I mean, I, hey, just last uh, this past month, I had thrown out probably several hundred uh, QSTs and CQ magazines. You know, I, I keep them. I just keep them, keep them, keep them. But there's just starting to be too many. So uh, I look through them again, and any little article or a project I want to build, I'll save that one or tear it out. Uh, and then I, I finally just got rid of all the uh, all the magazines. But I've I got love, every seventy three magazine from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I found seventy three online. Uh, there's m a large majority of them online, and I've started looking at some of them. Uh, it's a pretty good magazine. And uh, and there's a, a yeah. magazine you probably never heard of that uh, seventy three put out. And it was called Radio Fun, and it was a tabloid. And it was for beginning amateur radio operators. And since I didn't have enough to do being the editor of 73 magazine, Wayne Green had me also produce this magazine. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
we produced several years of it, and there was a lot of good quality articles in it. Uh, but I don't see too many of them. There are a few scanned in online, but I have the entire collection of that, too, and that's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to get one for you. Well, I've started scanning the articles that interest me and, of course, using the online archive, and then I donate my magazines to a gentleman in the club that, you know, he just loves every one I can get my hands on for him. So, but, you know, I, I find mine a good home. But if you look uh, look online for Radio Fun magazine, uh, there are some that have been scanned in on the archives. I know every issue of 73 has been scanned in on the archives. Yeah, I have those. That takes up a going lot less, them. takes a lot less room up in your house. Yeah. That way. I, I use them and, you know, put them on my uh, tablet so that when I have something to, to read during lunch, I just pop one of those up on the tablet and go back in time and enjoy the day. Well, I'm going to dig into some more of them. I I, I look for uh, a lot of the older projects. I mean, they're fun to build, you know. Yes. And, and there's they're, they're a really cool magazine that CQ put out, CQ VHF. Yeah, yeah. I believe they it was at least 10 years worth, and I wrote a column in there for seven years of that. And they had a lot of great articles in there, um, and but it was – pretty much dedicated to the VHF and, yeah. and a yeah. lot of beginner audit articles, but it really had a lot of good construction articles in it too. So if you That's find, those, like. if you find those online and maybe we can talk to Rich and see if got uh, a CD of them, because that was really a dandy series of magazines that they put out. Mm -hmm. I hated to see it go, but uh, uh, really a wonderful magazine. All right. Hey, everybody, stand by, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with you. Don't go away. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual-mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver, including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging. And it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. 
All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, we're back. And let me ask everybody again, uh, for all the new people that have just joined us, if there are any new people that have joined us, let me see if anybody has joined us. Uh, yeah, we got a few in here, a few extra. Uh, hey, here's what I want you to do, everybody. <clears throat> here's what I need everybody to do. I want everybody, I even drew you an arrow right there so you'll know what to do. Please hit the subscribe button. That button really helps us uh, advertise our show on YouTube and it helps bring in more and more people. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, about 30% of our viewers each night come in because they find us uh, from our little uh, thumbnail over on the side there of a um, some uh, of a show that uh, is similar to what they've been searching for. So that's kind of neat. And uh, so hit hit that and uh, hit the um, hit the bell there, the notification bell. It'll let you know when we come on live. And we we do come on live during the week sometimes uh, with something special. We need to do more of those and have fun. You know, we can we can bring a show up live and uh, like some afternoon. And quite a few people actually. I guess are subscribed and they'll come in the chat room and we'll just have a good time here doing something. Um, um this is yeah. the uh, this is an issue of seventy three magazine from nineteen sixty two. Uh -huh. which is the second year uh, that it was in publication, second or third. And, okay. Uh, it's got some great articles in it. It's, it was kind of thin back then, but He's just chock full of construction articles. Most of them are tube-based, but uh, yeah. there's uh, uh, even a story about a Viticon tube. You remember what a <clears throat> Viticon tube is? Oh, yeah. And uh, then I uh, published this magazine for uh, along with Henry Rue and uh, over the course of 30 years, and uh, that's... Uh, it was all about amateur television. So I have every copy of this ever published, too, 30 years' worth. So I don't have a lot of room in the house. It's all filled up with magazines. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Between 73 and CQVHF and Amateur <clears throat> Television Quarterly, uh, I've got a big pile of magazines. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, uh, spend just a couple minutes here and give everybody an update on what's going on with uh, W5KUB 110. And um, let me bring it up here. Uh, you know, we launched 110. Actually, if you go to our website, if you haven't been following the balloon, if you go to our website, just go to, you can go to W5KUB.com and, and it, it'll bring this page up. Click on balloon up there in the menu, click on balloon, and uh, that'll bring our, our tracking page up. And it gives you some information here, but uh, this tells us right here, if we scroll down, that uh, we've been flying eight days, 10 hours, 26 minutes, and 18 seconds, uh, or something like that. And it gives you a couple ways to easily track it here, either with APRS or uh, a Hab Hub. And we even got a Hab Hub map uh, uh, embedded here that shows um, 
that that's, uh, shows right where the uh, balloon is right now, and it is getting toward the east coast there of, the, of China. There's a video there of our launch of 110, or of our launch, and it was really windy that day. You come on down a little bit, you can see a description of, of what we're doing and what the equipment is and kind of how it works. And then if you scroll on down, you can see maybe the you can see the previous launch of a 108 we launched. It only it stayed up 22 days actually, uh, and we hit a storm I think off the coast of Mexico. But uh, you can you can see the track there and the launch. Uh, again, more information and here's pictures. Then if you're interested in pictures of uh, of, of detail of uh, kind of what's what we're doing out there, you can see a picture of the tracker there weighing on the scales. Uh, the tracker and, and all the solar cells and even the antenna uh, comes in at about 7.8 grams total. Uh, there's a picture of the tracker, and I always like to show people this picture here the le on the left here. That's a sewing needle, a highly magnified sewing needle, and that is a uh, either a resistor or a capacitor there at the end of the needle, uh, which is 0402 size, which is really really small and uh you know uh as i've mentioned before uh the only way i can put this thing together is under a microscope <clears throat> let's take a look at the track you can do it well yeah let's take a look at the track real quick let's go to hab hub right here and we'll look at hab hub uh we're over china and like bill said boy we're getting close to uh wuhan there's wuhan right there you can see my mouse circling wuhan and uh, uh, hopefully the hopefully the uh, ants got the message to put their mask on uh, because we want them to be safe there. Uh, on uh, on uh, Hab Hub here, we we can turn the prediction model on. So I'm gonna click and turn the prediction model on, and you'll see the prediction pop up. So here we go. All right, there's our prediction model. Right there, you can see we're right right in the middle of it there and it takes us over looks like it's going to take us over south korea let me let me turn it on and off there so you can see it so we're going to go over uh, the, the bottom end of south korea and uh, across quite a bit of uh, japan and um, if we click on let's see i'm gonna click on near the balloon here and see how many hours that is um they'll be over the pacific before you know it man yeah, that balloon is setting on that track. That balloon is setting in about 15 hours. So I'm going to click on uh, Japan, and it says we'll be there in 20, 28 hours. 28 hours minus 15. So, uh, well, that's not very much, man. Yeah, a little over a day. That's uh, Yeah, that's only 13 hours, isn't it? Yep. That's 13 hours, and we'll... Uh, hey, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new call sign for your uh, balloon mission in the chat room. A new call sign? Let's see. COVID-110? Yes. C0VID-110. That would be a good one there. We, hey. Yeah. I think that, that that's a real call, though. CO, isn't it? Uh, well, wait, wait. Not Maybe not a C0. I think CO is Cuba, isn't it? Cuba. Yeah, so that would be, yeah, if that was C0, I don't know if there's a C0 out there. We might can use that, Bill. We'll have to check into that. You know? Yeah. Let's so, take a look here. 
Yeah, see if there's a C at zero. I'm sure there's a C out there. Um, uh, I'm not seeing a C zero. I think uh, isn't, uh, isn't Charlie down in a CT or something? I forget what Charlie is. He's CX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in 13 hours, we should be out over uh, over Japan here. Let's see. Let's let's look at uh, let's look right here at 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 Korea. At Korea, that says 23 hours minus the 15. Man, we're gonna be, in eight hours. We'll be at. Hey, we'll be in Korea just about before we we go to sleep tonight because this thing just woke up about an hour ago. We might make it to Korea right about the time it goes to sleep, guys. And uh, that's real special to me. As all of you know, in the military, I spent a year in Korea, in uh, South Korea, not North Korea. But, um, you know, it's going to be kind of neat there. I mean, you know, I can remember being there and I can see the sky and I would have never imagined 50 years later I would be flying a little 32-inch balloon over my head up here. I never really thought that that would even been possible, but uh, it is uh, it's, it's so cool there. Now, hey, if we go over North Korea, uh, you know, Bill's got the software set up. We got geofencing in there, and and uh, the, we've got uh, the UK and Yemen and North Korea uh, geofence. So we have a little box around those countries, and. If we go over that country, we, we, we go radio silent. We slip across them radio silent, and then af after we get out of their airspace, we'll, uh, we'll come back on. So uh, I know we got a guy uh, that follows the show. He's over in Korea right now, and uh, uh, it's coming your way. Uh, stay tuned there. So uh, let's see. So, you know, the prediction there, the prediction model that you're looking at, that's, that's from uh, NOAA. And uh, it's just like the hurricane model. Uh, each of those dots is a different model. And you can see most of those models actually are, um, most of those models are pretty much sticking together there uh, and saying the same thing. Now, hey. Uh, we have a student here at the University of Alabama Huntsville, KN4TPG is his call sign, Todd. And he had an internship with NOAA based on the balloon flights he did here from UAH. Yeah. And they use these balloons, and they use some of your balloon data as well that's to cool. uh, improve to, their model. To help, the, help their model. Flight. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, let's look at something here real quick. This ought to be interesting. On our website here, I've got two different weather uh, sites that you can click on. Let's look, click on Ventusky here, and let's just take a look and see what Ventusky says we're going to be doing here. Now, Ventusky, Ventusky here is, um, you can see here's China right here. I've got the map in China. And uh, I'm going to set, we're, we're, we're at about 40,000 feet. So uh, Ventusky won't let me set exactly 49, but I'm going to set Ventusky at uh, 12,000 meters. What is that? About 39 thousand feet I guess somewhere in there so um and let's see I need to get on wind so I'm on temperature let's see if I can figure out how to get wind wind speed okay here we go here we go guys I want you to look at this right now we are right about hey what did uh what did APRS tell us our speed was a while ago 
our speed it says our speed is 85 miles per hour right now 85 let's go back to our jet stream and look at it so 85 and we know we know our latitude and longitude we know where we are we're we're somewhere right along right along here where my mouse is you can see my mouse and it says we're doing what 80 what was it 85 well look the speed the speed of the the wind right here is showing 84 87 miles an hour so that's about where we are and if we come on across, if you follow the, the uh, mouse there, uh, we're getting up. Before we get to the uh, east coast here, the wind speeds is up to 110 miles an hour. We get out in the ocean here. Look at this, 150 miles per hour. We cross Japan. The, speed, the wind speed there is 160. 160. We get on out here... Uh, we're in the 150s, and let's see, let me just zoom out a little bit. There's the U.S. over there. Here's uh, China here. So we got a pretty straight shot over there. It's showing 140 miles an hour. It's showing over 100 miles an hour, up in the 120s, 130s, all the way to um, to the uh, west coast there. So that's, uh, that's uh, pretty interesting to try to follow that. Uh... What did it say? Uh, uh, click on a map to push pin the latitude and longitude. Okay, uh, Bruce, I'm not sure I know how to even do that right now. Uh, so that's where we are, and uh, this is the little 32-inch balloon that we lucked up on and found. Uh, everybody's been looking for this thing for years, and uh, it, it, it's doing amazing. I'll just say amazing is is the word uh, to me. Uh, uh, to me, this this balloon flies for me as well as an SBS balloon that we would spend a lot more money for. So this is two in a row that yeah. you've gotten, you know, nice decent flights out of them. Yeah, you know, you know, typically the the smaller the Chinese balloons are going to fly in the twenty thousand range i mean this one is up into 41 or 42,000. that's right up there with the the sbs altitude so we're real real happy with it hey tom i yeah. have one <clears throat> i have one here it kind of looks like a rocket when it's not expanded but yeah. it's a sphere but it before it uh, breaks out into a full sphere it looks like a rocket oh okay i haven't inflated it's inflated to uh to get ready for a flight, and so I've got the exact lift I need for. Now is that is that the clear range. one? Is that clear or is that silver? That's a silver spare one, okay. just like you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't expanded it. I'm going to try one that isn't expand their launch and make sure that it works. Well, you know, Bill, I, I you know, in reading this, you know, it, it has to when you they suggest you inflate it. At, at a high enough pressure that it it pulls those four gores apart, it stretches it out because they're they're kind of ironed down. They're, I guess when they stamp it, I don't I don't know. Anyway, well, uh, I can see what happens when you know somebody who just buys one of these out of the store, yeah, inflates it to enough to take off and without completely expanding it and. Then getting the air out of it that'll be a good uh, gonna... that'll be uh that'll be a good test because uh, you know will it fill out and stretch and everything um we don't know that too much about this balloon right. uh, because the, the the flight you did you pre 
pre-inflated them. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, the first one, we I inflated it, and it took pressure. You saw the video where it sounded like it was tearing apart. In fact, it looked like Jiffy Pop. It looked like the the, the aluminum foil like popping. It was pop, pop, popping and coming apart, you know, and growing. That's how it looked. Uh, and they say you need to do that in, like, 70% humidity and warm. Now, of course, up there, it's not warm up there, so... I think it's probably good practice for us to try to. It's going to be a good test yeah. to see if it can handle, uh, you know, colder temperatures when it finally fully inflates. So we'll we'll see how it does. Yeah. And um, I also am testing a 10 meter whisper for a, a balloon flight. I put one of my uh, sky trackers on 10 meters, and I have it on the air the last couple of days. And 10 meters is opening up now. Pretty much on a daily basis and it's going to be a I, I flew one a year ago, but it was a ground wave there the band wasn't open <clears throat> but this time i'm gonna I think with the bands increasing and particularly 10 meter and 15 meters <clears throat> um it'll be a, a good test today i got reception as far as the west coast and uh, the Canary Island on the, using 20 milliwatts on 10 meter whisper. You know, you know, uh, and I've been looking at and thinking about the same thing, maybe 10 meters or whatever. And you know, you think, okay, we're always trying to hold our weight down, uh, hold our weight down on these flights. Uh, that's a, the better flights are going to be less weight. So I'm thinking, okay, if I can go from a 20 meter antenna to a 10 meter antenna, that antenna is only half the size. Instead of 34 feet, uh, instead of 34 feet of wire, I've only got 17 feet now on 10 meters. But here's the deal. My entire 20-meter antenna only weighs 1.4 grams. So if I cut the weight in half, I only cut off about a half a gram or a little over. I mean, you know, is, is it really worth it? Now, if 10 is really hot and working well, then, yeah, sure. You know, maybe we ought to now, do it. Now, it is... Um it's easier to launch, particularly if one person. But the yeah, one yeah. big advantage that uh, people may not realize is that technician class licensees right. can operate 10 meters whisper. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. that's the the real key here for somebody with a technician class. They can do a whisper balloon or just operate whisper in general on the 10 meter band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I want to mention one thing while James, James Lee is still with us in here tonight. You know, uh, guys, if you if you followed our show uh, uh, for mo several months now, we launched a zero-pressure balloon. We call it the Moab. It was the mother of all balloons. I mean, we were trying to, to, to build a balloon to get higher altitude, but the problem is the material is just not really available to build these balloons that will, will contain the gas and, and not stretch. So um, we built this big balloon, and it got almost as large as the inside of my garage. It was uh, uh, 10, feet, 10 feet tall, and it was, about, it was about 18 feet long. Big old balloon. But as I was putting air in it, just testing it for pressure, the pressure would never go up. And that was because the plastic kept stretching. It just kept getting bigger and bigger, and I was pumping more and more air in it, and, and, and the pressure would never go up. So 
that that balloon was worthless for us. It would have gone up in at, at maybe a very high altitude, like a weather balloon, and would have burst and it would have come down. So we decided to fly it at zero pressure. And what zero pressure is, uh, you leave the bottom open. We had a piece of PVC pipe in the bottom, and it had a it was a three quarter inch PVC pipe. You know, Bill, I was going to use something smaller, and Bob, I was going to use uh, uh, with a small hole. And Bob says you probably need a bigger bigger hole in that at the bottom. So we used a three quarter inch and and put it in there, and we filled that thing up, and we launched it uh, one night, and uh, of course. You know, it had the weight on the bottom, so the hole's in the bottom, all the hydrogen's in the top. So it's going to expand and it's going to fill up, but it won't stretch the balloon out because the pressure will go out the bottom, out the hole in the bottom. Anyway, back to my story about James here, WX4TV. Uh, James was coming back somewhere from up on, uh, on the East Coast, driving through, um, I think it was in North uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. I don't remember where it landed now. Uh, Georgia, maybe. I don't know where it was. Anyway, uh, it was near where James was coming, driving through. And uh, we knew with uh, our APRS on it, we knew about right where it was. In fact, I think we had a battery on this one. And uh, it was actually transmitting uh, on the ground. And uh, James was nice enough to uh, go off-road in his car and uh, into the... Uh, area where um, he met some people with uh, all, you know, uh, like uh, ATVs, and I think they took James around looking for it, and we actually found it, but we didn't recover it because it was hanging over the tree, and to get there, there was like snakes and alligators uh, that would uh, we would have to kind of go through, so we just left the balloon there, and uh, you know, it's amazing, Bill, that that thing hadn't started transmitting again, you know, in the sun. I mean, wonder I, if that's still up in the tree there. It, I, I, it probably is. It probably is. We know where it is, uh, and uh, that was uh, that was an interesting. Now that went that went all the way, you know, through night. We don't know what altitude we got because it stopped transmitting above about twenty five or thirty thousand feet just because of the temperature. But uh, we expect it got pretty high. I'm, I'm guessing it probably did 70,000, 80,000 feet. And it went all the way the next day. Uh, it was down down uh, near the uh, coast of um, South Carolina, Georgia, somewhere down here. I don't know. But that's the only one we've done, zero pressure. You know, we did, uh, <clears throat> we did another high-altitude balloon uh, that we, we launched and we recovered. And uh, that was an exciting adventure, but everything went perfect. And I'm afraid to try another one because uh, it, it won't be that perfect the next time. And uh, we were actually there waiting on the balloon to come down in Mississippi. We knew right where it was going to come down. Hey, it's about uh, it's about nine o'clock. Uh, let me just make an announcement here, real quick. Uh, uh, just because our show was too long for some people, we're, we we're 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 saying amateur radio roundtable basically is kind of over with right now, only an af- after an hour. But what we're going to do now, we're going to go into a new show. It's called After the Show Show. It's still amateur radio roundtable, but it's after the show show, and it's kind of a free form show. And uh, we're going to invite everybody or anybody who wants to join us via Zoom can join us. And come in here, and you'll be part of the show. You'll be on the video. 
and uh, we'll talk about anything you want to, ham radio or, or whatever. And uh, we'll, uh, uh, so I'm going to post that link here. Again, if you're listening out there on WBCQ Shortwave on 7490, we really love to have you. Uh, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Tell us where you are and uh, how you're hearing the station tonight. And uh, join us on Tuesdays. And uh, as I mentioned to everybody else uh, earlier, hit that subscribe button. We need you to hit our subscribe button. It's going to help us out a whole, whole lot there. So here is the link uh, for the Zoom. Just click on this link and you will be on the show. I can uh, see to paste it. Well, I must not got it. Hang on one second. Hmm. Interesting. We have no link. Do you have we a link? Exist. Did somebody put the link in? No, we have no link. Well, We're busy talking about the old Radio Shack color computer. My word, I haven't seen or heard about those in years. All right, it's going to take me just a second to, uh, to get the link again. I, I, I obviously I cut it. I cut it instead of copied. I must have cut it instead. Of, I, I must have deleted it somehow. Okay, copy. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the link. Glenn, my Coco, uh, I have it. It's been operating since 1985, oh, and it's still working. I have one that I customized with floppy disk drives. Oh, good grief. They had an expansion chassis that you plugged in the side, and they had a <clears throat> little controllers that you plug in and cartridges for video games, and I have a number of those. And then I found one that actually was a floppy disk controller, and Shack actually sold floppy disk drives for the Coco instead of a tape machine, which most people use. Yeah. Um, and that made it uh, yeah, a good computer. And I still use it. It's still working. Uh, not many computers you can uh, that you can talk about that are still working uh, since 1985. Oh, that's that's quite impressive. And I turn it on, and it's ready to go. Boom. No updates, nothing. Just ready. That's phenomenal. When you turn it off, it goes off. Yeah. It doesn't say, please wait. Do not turn off your computer while we update. It doesn't do that. Well, all right. We've got uh, Charlie out there, KX6BT down in Uruguay. He's joined us again tonight, and uh, I saw our friend, uh, I saw our friend Tim here a minute ago. I don't, I don't see him. Maybe he's still in there. Yeah, Tim's in there. WB8HRO Ham Radio Outlet. He needs to charge him money to advertise his uh, their uh, their store with his call letter, but that may be against the rules. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, Charlie, how you doing tonight, man? Where are you, Charlie? Oh, hello. Hello. You don't have how a you? you don't have a camera again tonight. No camera. Yeah, it's that's Okay. We'll excuse you this time. Okay. Yeah. How are you, everybody? Good to have you in there, man. You're starting to be a regular. I, I, I count on you being here every Tuesday, even though it gets very late in Uruguay. Yeah, it's already uh, 11 yeah. here. Mm. So. 
Now, do you have to get up early in the morning to go to work? No, not not very early. Uh, it's early for me, but <laughs> I'll get uh, 7.45 something. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. You should be able to make it in, you know. Are, are you working much from home, Charlie? Or, or is, are they doing that in your way now, or is everybody back at the office? Yeah, I, no, I'm, yeah, I've, I had no problem. We had little problem here with, with the uh, having to stay at home. In fact, I could go mostly everywhere uh, during the whole pandemic thing. So, but yes, uh, many, of course, schools, uh, mostly schools did uh, all, everything uh, via via Zoom. Uh -huh. And was really good because, well, it happened everywhere, right? Uh, it was really good because the technology that was uh, just starting uh, became mainstream so now it's used like you for example the other day there was a there are three or four kids in the same class that had the COVID thing so they decided to take the classes online and had no problem right because it's just everybody knows how to do it. so that, that was good. But we didn't have like those uh, uh, very uh, restrictive uh, close downs. I could get out my house every day and no problem. So it was really good. No problem. That's good. Uh, just right now, uh, just today or yesterday, uh, it was uh, determined that the pandemic here in Uruguay is over. So no more... Uh, restrictions uh, or the amount of people you can get into <clears throat> place and, and for using the the, the, the 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 how do you call the thing you put on your mouth mask the mask, mask. sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so so that was uh, decided yesterday of course together with that uh, the the there are some uh, benefits that get you know people that has to had to have uh, their their jobs uh, like terminated because of uh, COVID. Uh, there were some bonuses for uh, some benefits <coughs> for for, for mm -hmm. them, and they are going away too. So so some people is happy, and <laughs> not not everybody is happy with that. But everybody knew that someday. This was planned. So we had here a really good uh, uh, vaccination program, really good for a, mm -hmm. for a country that had to buy all, all, all vaccines from abroad. It was really good. Uh, so so everybody is uh, <coughs> it's guaranteed to have vaccinations for free. I've already taken my fourth vaccine, so it's really well. You know, uh, it it appears that the COVID is pretty much over here. Every, everything here in this part of the country where I am is pretty much back to normal. Uh, going about normal everyday business, everything. Uh, masks are not even required now. It, it, 
it really anywhere. Maybe some doctor's offices are still requiring it, but um, it's getting back pretty much normal. Now, are people still getting this variant? Yes, uh, I guess some people are, but uh, it doesn't appear to be any worse than getting sick with the flu or something. And Yeah, but yeah. we, we that, that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not our expert, but I understand that's uh, thanks to the vaccinations. Well, vaccination it, program. Yeah, it, 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 so in it countries that, of course, in US and and in Europe, you and in wealthy countries, you have access to the vaccines, and everybody gets the vaccines. This everybody wants to, but the majority of people uh, can <coughs> get a vaccination. But problem goes to countries where there is no means for that. Right? Yeah. So I think that. Uh, all, Although COVID is uh, all around us, we are not getting uh, really sick because uh, thanks to the vaccine, the vaccines, right? Well, you know, I see Papa Doc, WA4YYM, is in the chat room. He used to always get on, on hangout with us after the show. Now, I think he's afraid to get on here with us now because, you know, all of us old timers were always talking uh, medical issues with him, you know, after the show, and I guess he probably got tired of that. But Doc, you need to come on, man. We need to talk a little about this COVID because, man, I'm hearing all kinds of mixed up. Now I believe in the shots. I believe in them. I took I took the two shots. I took the booster. I believe in them. But I'm hearing so much different stuff coming out now uh, that I'm not sure how well it really works now. I don't know. I need a doctor on here tonight to help us. I don't us. think they know. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. Did I, did I get a placebo shot? Was it just a saline solution, yeah. or did, yeah, did I get to make you feel good? Did I hey, get the real you know, shot? You know, because you hey, him. You, you've got James here in the chat room, man. Stop talking. Uh, yeah, and let yeah. James get I see. In here. James. Yeah, there. Hey, James, how you doing, man? Good to have you. You're muted, James. Your, your mic is muted, James. There, you there we go. go. It wouldn't let me unmute. Hey, everybody. Um, good to see everybody and be back here. Um, sitting in the hospital in in uh, Daytona Beach. I've been in the hospital. I, I don't know uh, who's been following the, the saga, but this all started almost four months ago, Tom. On the Oh, you can see my hands here. Um, they're probably going to amputate some of my fingers. Wow. Um that I had had some uh, minor repair to my mitral valve that was going to take about three hours, and I was supposed to drive home myself four days later, and it turned into a two-day operation uh, over 24 hours long at two different hospitals um, with, um, wow, I think they said over 100 units of blood transfused into me on a heart lung machine called an echo machine for two months in a coma for a month, uh, two, two, two and a half, I think. And then, um, uh, they, uh, they amputated my feet back in February and they're still waiting to see what they're going to do with my fingers. As, um, time goes, I'll show you here. I don't know if you can, the blackness used to come this far down. Oh, that's good. You see, stuff is live my thumb was totally black and yeah it works and I, my other thumb and my pinky finger and the other finger are all pretty much cleared off 
So it, 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 uh, there's some miracles happening here. Yeah, James, it looks like they're, they're starting to heal. It looks like, you know, that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, they're, they're starting to heal. I think we're going to be, you know, um, I'll get out of the hospital here on, uh, what did they say? Um, probably this, this Friday, not exactly sure where I'm going to go. I uh, can't go home yet because I'm not, I don't have the prosthetics and I'm not walking yet. And uh, we're going to have to build, basically rip our house apart and put new doors in because uh, the doors are, they weren't, I guess they were built the code when the house was built. Yeah, They're not yeah. built the code now. The, the <clears throat> front door is only 33 inches <clears throat> wide and uh, you can't get a wheelchair through that. So we're, I'm taking it day by day and um Michelle and, and the girls have done just an incredible job of keeping the, the shack in the box business going. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I'm really thankful just to be sitting here on a Tuesday night watching Tom Medlin's show on my iPad because I've, I've wanted to, you know, by this time most nights I'm long asleep. So well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'll tell you, James, you're uh, you're looking really good. I mean, I have followed you since since the surgery, and I followed you in the pictures and and everything Michelle had to say. And oh, it was some tough times, but you you you're looking good. Your face is looking good. You look like you got color back in you, man. And you're talking good. You're thinking good. So. Hey, hang in there. Uh, ex- you know, do what they say and get your house modified. Get back to uh, get back to uh, a life where you can go home and hey, get back on ham radio and start doing regular things again. You know. Hey, let me tell you something cool. Uh, I just found out today. Uh, Hope uh, did the CQ Worldwide Single Sideband Contest from the hammock in the backyard. QRP. She came in first in the world. Is that right? Oh, yeah, uh, that was pretty man. cool. Oh, that wow, is, that's, that's cool. cool. That's, that's, yeah, so, that's good. I think that's the thing that may have been. 17th in the world. I, I don't know. One of them yeah. was a youth overlay. She didn't do as well with the youth overlay. She did just with QRP. Yeah. But um, they're still having fun with ham radio. I'm hoping uh, if anybody prays, pray that I can make it to Dayton. Um, Michelle and the kids will be there. We've got a booth. We've got an outstanding booth at Day- Dayton. It's right, right inside the big doors of the first building. And uh, I'm hoping I can be there to see everybody. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of, will I have a wheelchair by then? Uh, I definitely don't think I'll be walking in the next six weeks. Well, but, we uh, will, uh, we'll, we'll definitely see you. We'll be up there, too, in a building next to you there. We'll, uh, we'll get over and see you. Hey, let me, uh, let yeah. me just, uh, let, let me, uh, Don asked in the chat room, what do, what do we want to know? Don, I was just kidding with you, Don. Don's a doctor, Papa doctor. I think he's retired now, so. I think he retired from being a doctor, so he may not be able to really answer our questions, you know, since he's retired. But, uh, Doc, I was just playing with you there, man. We miss you. Doc used to always light up a big cigar in a car and come on hang out with us after the show every every Tuesday night. I don't know if he still does that or not. So, Doc, I guess my question, Doc, is are you smoking a big cigar right now out in the car? And he'll answer there in a minute in the chat room. Well, James, you, you're doing good, I think. You're looking good. Hang in there, man. Everybody's been praying for you and and, and concerned about you. And uh, it's going to get back okay. 
I, I, I appreciate it, Tom. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm a lot better than I was, man. I'm a lot better. And uh, yeah. if you've got time uh, after you're done with the show, I'd like to give you a call and talk to you about, about something um, that we're thinking about doing with your show. So okay. uh, you got time tonight? Uh, it's going to be, uh, it'll be 11 o'clock your time. It's kind of late here. Uh, could we, could we, could we do it tomorrow? tomorrow? Will, will you have any free time tomorrow? Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll, yeah, just I'll call me tomorrow. On Facebook, which phone number I'm calling from. So you'll recognize. It. Okay. Yeah. It's good to see everybody and see the chat room. And, um, I can tell you when you die three or four times, like you said, I did. And I, I think I had over 20 surgeries it's good to be alive and to see your friends. So I, I really appreciate uh, you having a show here tonight, being able to see people and participate. Yeah. Well, you're looking good, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. I was real happy to see you. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Let's see who else. Bill. Hey, we got a Bill. Bill join us. Bill. How do you say How do you pronounce your name, Bill? Bo, Bohenberg? Yeah, Bonenberger. Yeah. Bonenberg. Uh, I see three dots at the end. It must be more to it. Yeah, that's it. Bill Bonenberger. Okay, Bonenberger. Okay, uh, your name is so long it won't even fit on. It won't fit on a uh, uh, Zoom. Yeah, I, where, I, where, where are you, Bill? Right after it. Uh, where are you? I'm from White Plains, New York. Okay. Uh, ha have you been on here with us before? I I recognize the name. I think. Yeah, I've been on before plenty of times. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Well, how's things going up in New York? Doing pretty, doing pretty good. Well, that's so. Uh, a little tour of my shack here, the way it is. Uh, it's a kind of mess right now. Well, let's just see what we got there. Okay. 1019. Is that? Yep, you got on the right time for sure. Said, yeah. Yeah. And then my microphone bomb, I can't, I can't have an antenna bomb without a microphone. Oh, yeah, you got plenty of spare microphones there in case one goes yeah. out. Yeah, that's cool. Well, all right. Um, well, Bill, oh, this is the first time, uh, this week is the first time in about a month that we hadn't had major severe weather come through here, which we send up to you each week. So yeah, we it should be, you should have a good week this week. Not really. This week we have rain coming, about two inches of rain is saying between Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Which is going to delay the Yankees opener. We had a little rain and thunder this morning, but it was uh, it was really nothing. But uh, it might have, you know, it might hit on up that way, but... Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully things are getting better. You know, springtime's here, and we need to get out here and work on our antennas or something. Get out of the house. All right. Do we have anybody else to join us that uh, slipped in? Let's see. Okay, let's see who that is. Here we got Anthony joining us. And... All right, we got Anthony down in uh, Texas joining us. <clears throat> you know, we hadn't had a uh, we hadn't had a net in a long time. I need to try to get our net going again. Uh, it was it was just pretty tough for me. It was pretty tough for hey, me. Tom? Yeah, 
It's Anthony KG5 Great Feud. Good evening. How's that? How hey. was, I'm sorry I missed the podcast this evening. I had to go watch it. Oh, that's okay. All right. Good to see you, Anthony. I see uh, Don answered me. Uh, uh, Doc, uh, WA4YYM, answered me. He says no. I had to think back what was my question. I almost forgot the question, but uh, the question was, Doc, are you smoking that cigar in your car? Now, now, see, if Doc was on here in video with us, he'd tell us why. I mean, you know, maybe his wife don't let him smoke in the car anymore. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, he realized that smoking might not be too good for him. I don't know. But, uh, Doc, uh, man, Doc, we really missed you. I'm glad now you're retired and you can stay up later, Doc, so maybe you can start joining us here. Well, Anthony, uh, you've been doing any operating down there? Now, Anthony's got a, a unique situation. He's, his antenna, if I remember correctly, Anthony's antenna is a is a uh, offset fender off off center fed antenna on top of a fence. And Anthony, you always had a fairly good signal when we had the net. Uh, when you would check in every Tuesday. That antenna work out pretty good for you. Oh, it's on my eight. Down to eight, it's on my eight foot high portion, and it goes down all the way around my yard, but down to the six foot uh, height portion of the fence. So I'm basically operating below a quarter wave, and I'm operating between anywhere from 80 down to six. And yes, it's working well. I was actually talking to uh, Australia the other evening. Um, no, I'm sorry, South Africa. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to, uh, let's see, I was talking to Stan, you know, KE5EE, I think he lives in near, um, uh, Pensacola, Florida, he had the humongous identifier. I don't know him. Are you barking? Are you barking at me? You can see all the pictures that he has with all his antennas that he has on his identifier. Is that is that you barking, uh, Anthony? Yeah, that's my dog. I'm gonna let oh, okay. him out. Okay. Okay. On the radio or on the phone or even on the computer. All right. Well, you may have to if you if he if he. Godzilla uh, had to do meow. Yeah. What was that, Bill? I thought maybe Godzilla or Rodan had a different uh, meow. Yeah. Yeah. No, Rodan's right here, and I've got headphones on, so she didn't hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, hey, I got a I got a comment for yeah. Doc uh, YYM. Yeah. I wanted to thank him for recovering dozens and dozens of our balloons that the university we would send up carrying amateur radio trackers and television transmitters at the works, and uh, we would launch five a semester, and Dom would be over there in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, to catch them. And so well, we had quite a system there. We'd launch them from Huntsville, and Don would go uh, would go out there and uh, grab them. And he was very good at uh, he was our go-to guy for recovery, balloon recovery. Many years he's, he he was doing that. So thanks, Don, for and also he shares a name with one of my coworkers. And so whenever I you know, speak the name of my uh, my friend at work. I usually get uh, get doc. doc. <laughs> so we 
we've been chatting a few times when I call the wrong uh, wrong person, but they they have the exact same name, and so I decided to uh, to solve that problem by putting the middle initial of my coworker, which is an E, and that is also Doc's middle name. Oh no, so, <laughs> they're exactly well. You know, we, uh, we, we several years ago we started calling Doc Papa Doc. Now I think that's what his grandkids call him, Papa Doc. But that can be confusing because the dictator—I think the dictator of Haiti—is also called Papa Doc. So he used to be. Yeah, used to. Yeah, I you know I don't keep up with him anymore. But uh, so so I don't know if if that's a good name for Doc or not. But we we know him as Papa Doc here and. You know. Hey Tom, Bill, I got a question to ask you. Yeah. Uh, within the last within the last two weeks or so, I was watching a deal on uh, regarding Whisper on YouTube regarding how to use it on uh, the WSJTX whatever program. Okay. That I'm using, and I came across they were talking about this web page you can actually go use and monitor it's called whispernet.org is that correct you guys use it at all yeah yeah that's on our tracking page just okay. as yeah that's on our tracking page if you go to w5kb.com go to balloons so we've got a link on whispernet uh that you can click it 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 brings up the balloon track well it brings up the whisper uh uh tracking uh and you can even see a map but uh, it only it only position the balloon within a a four digit grid square, which is probably a couple hundred miles square. Uh, but uh, we we then take that information and add uh, additional data to it, and then we transmit it up to or send it up to APRS, where we give you a much more accurate position report. We we get it down to a six digit grid square, which gets you down to about a three mile square, something like that. And Bill has even got the code in our tracker that runs JT9. If you can copy JT9, you'll uh, you'll see a uh, uh, the tracker sends out what is it, Bill? A ten digit grid square, and that takes you down to about fifty. That takes 50 you. Feet or so. It takes it's a ten digit grid square, and uh, yeah. basically we um, the JT9 is also decodable by WSJT acts so you can uh, when tom's balloon is flying uh and you're within the range of it uh tune in jt9 and you, you can copy the transmissions from his balloon directly hey and you know and hey and, and you know what that gets us down to accuracy of about 50 feet and if you followed our uh, uh balloon a few balloons ago we actually Lost one in uh, Georgia. Was it Georgia? Yeah. Uh, and we pulled the map up, and uh, we hit the satellite button on the map, and Whisper, or not Whisper, but the, the map using the JT9 10-digit grid square, showed us that the tracker was on top of a school roof. We knew right where it was. We contacted the school. They went up on a roof and got it and returned it. In fact, that, we reflew it as 108 uh, last time. Hey, we have a special guest on here, Papa Doc. I, I think I think Papa Doc joined us, man. Hey, Papa Doc, come on in here, man. 
Come on in, Pop Doc. Yeah, unmute your mic. Unmute it. Yeah, I see you're out in the car. I think you kind of slip. I think you kind of slip a cigar now. I don't know. He's, I see him out in the car, and he got a big hey, smile on his face. Hey, hey, Bill. All right. Why? Why did he change? In the, why don't the picture change when Doc talks? I don't know. There he is. There, <laughs> there he is. Hey, Doc. I see you out in the car, man. You, uh, you, yeah, are you, did, you, did you give up the cigars, Doc? No, the oh, wife threw him out for the night. No. I've got my cigars. There he is. There it is right there. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. My granddad. My granddad. Hey, you know, my granddad didn't smoke cigars, but he would chew a cigar. I remember that when I was growing up. Man. Are, you, are you enjoying retirement, Don? It's weird. I haven't well, set my alarm clock one time since the day I retired, so that's a good thing. But uh, hey, I love it, man. Uh, hey, done something for fifty-one years. It's different. Well, Doc, I, I've been retired now, going on nine years, man, and I I love it. I I wouldn't go back for nothing, man. It's like you know, when you're a little kid, you don't have a job, you know, you just do play. Well, when you get old and you retire, you're like a little kid again, you know. Well, I've got a lot of projects, but I. But I, uh, I miss practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Just my patience. Well, uh, now will we see you. I will we see you down in Huntsville. Will you come down again this year? I didn't make it. I was going to go down there, but the COVID was so bad and everything. I just, uh, you know, decided to pass. I watched. Oh man, on, I, I wish I'd talked to you before that because I went down there. I was there. Yeah. Gee, if you I, would, if, I, I had fully intended on going. But uh, there was so much of it at that time. I just oh wow. I'm not, I'm not going to take any chances. I'm I'm the same age, at the same age as you are, and man, you know, that's I'm just not well, going to risk my life over something like that in the crowd. Are you, you're almost ninety now, <laughs> man. You know, uh, hey, well, we went and um, we Y'all went. are making we, me feel like a we, teenager. We went. Yeah, you're you you're you're a little young well, in seven, there, man. I'm you're seven, young. Seven, well, no, Doc, so. are you coming? Are you coming this year, Doc? We will we see you there this year. Well, if if things if if there's not a, a big uh, outbreak, I'll be there. I'm gonna I'm going to Dayton though. Okay, well, we'll see. Okay. You, we'll see we you there, Dayton. Look forward to seeing you at Dayton. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, see you there, Don. We're uh, we're got a balloon set for him on Friday. <laughs> From 11.55 to 101, 105, I think, in the afternoon. It's Forum Room 3. And Tom's going to be one of the speakers talking about his balloon adventures. And we're going to launch a balloon right afterwards. So see if you can make that uh, balloon forum on Friday. Yeah, I, 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 used, to always, I used to always go to uh, the Apers and, uh, and, and stick my head and in, in see you. But... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, I won't be seeing Bob this year. So, Bob Berninga. Yep. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I, I was know. signing That's books so with him at so the sad. last Dayton event. What a nice guy! Yeah, he was. Really was. Tom is Doug Playlock going to be attending Huntsville and Dayton this year? Now, what was your question? Is uh, Doug Blaylock going to be attending Huntsville? No, you know, you know, um, Doug has been with us uh, about eight out of the last nine trips we made it. But um, 
I'm not uh, in in Dayton this year. I we're going to have our booth there. Uh, we, we're going to have our booth. Well, actually, we're only going to have one booth instead of two. They kind of cut us back this year. Uh, we are not going to webcast live from Dayton this year. Um, uh, what has happened over the last 20 years of webcasting, I'm so busy that I don't even have time to get lunch on those days. And so many people are coming by to visit. And, you know, we usually have Doug Wheelock with us and, we got so much stuff going on. Uh, it's very hectic. I don't even get to get out to be able to look around at things. Uh, my my shopping at Dayton is like the show has closed. Everybody's packing up, and I'll run real fast down the aisles, and I'll buy twenty five cents of uh, heat shrink tubing. That that's kind of my uh, uh, the thing that has always happened to me the last few years. We've been going up there thirty eight years now, but we've been webcasting at almost twenty. So I'm not going to webcast live this year. Uh, we will take some video. We will go. I'm going to walk around outside, inside, visit. But uh, it's going to be very informal. And uh, we'll take some video, and we'll do it on a Tuesday night show here. And so we won't be well, giving out deserve, any prizes. You deserve to see the show, too. Bob. What was that? Uh, I said you deserve to see the show, too. Well, yeah, Doc. And, you know, I mean, hey, I like you were hinting a minute ago i don't know how many more years i can do this man <laughs> so uh yeah i want to enjoy the show get out and walk around and you know we will have our booth inside uh we're in building two we'll have our banner up right there and uh you know we'll be able to put hey, us Tom, right. how many years yeah. have you been going doing video at dayton um when did you first start well it, it, it's 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 right at 19 years and of course that's when we had the helmet cam and uh, the internet was really bad back then. I remember if, the helmet cam. If we could get, you know, if we could get 56k, that was really fast back then, and uh, you know the quality was, you know, not good back then. And it's really evolved, you know, over the years. And I think we kind of were on the cutting edge of the the IP video. I mean, we were streaming our drive in our vehicle, you know, 10 hour drive. Uh, years before any of the weather channels or anybody got their cameras out to chase storms so uh we we had a lot of fun doing it uh you know a lot of people followed us and uh it went from really bad quality it, it just kept getting better and better and better I, yeah. I remember following you on the first few years you did that drive uh, on the video that was that was pretty cool yeah, and you know the thing about that, it, it just, it's, it's funny. And we had a chat room going while we're driving. And there's so much going on. It's even dangerous. I mean, you, you know, you got the radio blaring out and people calling you, and you got the you got the GPS honking at you, and you got the chat room going, and we're trying to stream, and you're in traffic. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, and the show has about a there's about a thirty second delay after you watch it for a long time, and and. Uh, you know, we'd have people, we'd be driving down the road and it'd say, you know, hey, you're driving by my house right now. Or or we'd be looking for an exit and they'd say, okay, your your exit's coming up. It's the next exit, the next exit. Well, we done passed that exit 30 seconds ago. <laughs> we, we've done gone down three exits. So, you know, oh, man, it was, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the most fun, is that, can you say most fun? That we had. Did. Most fun. <laughs> what was it? Funded? Most funny? Most. <laughs> you know, one year come back from Dayton, boy, and, you know, I, I, 
we I'm gonna repeat the story, but probably many of you heard it. We we got stopped speeding. I mean, we were kind of my my friends were in the truck in front of us, so we were behind them, and just north of Nashville, coming back, and uh, man. Uh, they pulled us over 89, 89 and a 70, and I thought, well, they're going to take us to jail for sure, man. My buddy up there got through okay. So anyway, you know, so they pulled us over, and uh, when they pulled us over, they sat behind my car for like five minutes. They didn't get out, you know. They they just sat back there and stared. And You know, Glenn, my car back then, when you go to Dayton, you feel every inch of space up in your car. Oh, gosh, every yeah. inch, man. So there was two of us up there, but I mean, you know, the trunk was packed. There wasn't an inch in the back seats full. And the thing is, we had we had uh, GPSs, we had two-way radios, uh, we had uh, we had computers going in the car. We had hubs and switches. We had modems. We had routers. We had. Wi-Fi, we had, I mean, just uh, Ethernet cables yeah, everywhere. You had the wrong color car. You got to do that in a black vehicle. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So anyway, she walks up to the window there and says, you know why I'm stopping you? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of know why, but she almost got run over. A car almost, a truck almost hit her. And I'd, I'd just given her my license, and she threw the license back at me, and she says, I'll be back. And she said it very stern, like, I'll be back. So she takes off after this guy, and we're sitting here 30 minutes, but I, they know who I am because they sit behind me for five or ten minutes. My buddy needed to, you know, uh, uh, he needed to, you know, say, take a leak on here. I guess no FCC. Bio break. A bio break. He needed a bio break. And, you know, on the interstate, you got the hill there, and you got all the pine trees up there, you know. And he wanted to go up there in the pine trees and do a bio break. That's what it was. And I said, no, man, you can't do it. You can't do it. I said, if they come back and they see you coming out of the woods, they're going to think we done hid something up there, and they're going to tear this car apart. Uh, you can't do it. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they, they, she never came back. So it was really funny. There was a sign right in front of our car that says, uh, dial whatever that thing is, you know, you know, four one four one one or something for Tennessee Highway Patrol, whatever. It was right in front of the car, so we dial it, and I say to him, I said, you know, I said, I think she, I said we we were stopped for speeding. We want to do the right thing, and I said, I said, I th- I think she said that she would be back, but I'm not sure. Well, that's not really how she said it. She said, I'll be back. So, so, so anyway, so we, I said, we're just checking, you know, and I said, we'll, we'll call her on the radio. And I said, now don't make her mad. And he's, oh, we, we won't make her mad. We won't make her mad. So, um, uh, they called her and she told them, uh, to tell us that we could go. So, whew, man, that was a, that was a close one right there, man. We could go. So, yeah. hey, the year after that, I tried to contact her. I, I, saw, I called the phone number. I left messages. I emailed them. I was wanting to meet up with her on our way back to Dayton the next year on video and get an escort, you know, maybe a mile or so through town or something right there. I thought that'd be so cool because when we got stopped, everybody in the chat room was taking up a collection to bail us out. <laughs> they really were. And uh, a lot of people were wondering what's going on, you know. But 
they never answered me. They didn't answer my email. They didn't answer the phone. So I didn't get to, did not get to uh, to do that. Well, I'm avoiding that 10-hour drive this year. I would have had to drive by myself. And so this year I'm flying, but the problem there is there's only about 15 pounds left over in my suitcase before I have to, you know, pay a chunk of change to get more space. So hopefully they're going to have UPS or FedEx or somebody there to do on-site shipping with what I plan to buy. Well, Glenn, I will have my pickup truck there. Oh, there you go. See? And for a reasonable, a reasonable amount, I can probably yeah. ship that stuff back yeah. for you. Now, let you let you use the rig on every third. Now weekend. we, yeah. we there'll think there'll be a ten percent discount over right. with the airline with charge on, on even numbered years, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And you know, now we may leave. We're going to come up Wednesday. We're going to go up Wednesday, and uh, we'll we'll kind of set up Thursday. We'll put our banner stuff up. There's stuff going on Thursday. There's a lot of people sitting up there. So oh, yeah. we'll be there Thursday. We'll be there Friday and Saturday. We may drive home Sunday morning instead of, uh, you know, waiting till 3 o'clock in the afternoon and trying to drive 10 hours. Yeah. Now, I'm flying up um, when, uh, Thursday and flying home Sunday morning. I got to work. Yeah. I'm, up, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not We're retired like you guys. I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. I was driving to Dayton one year, and uh, uh, and I told a friend in Nashville I would uh, meet him on the repeater that he was managing up in Nashville. It's one of the big repeaters up there, and and if we had time, we'd get together and have have supper. And so I called him about uh, an hour out of Nashville. Uh, I developed an oil leak. And I had to pull it into a repair shop, and it took hours. And and uh, so I told him I wasn't able, going to be able to make it. So I went through Nashville about midnight, and I was supposed to be there about 6 in the evening. And so as I was driving through, I keyed up the repeater just to see if he happened to be still be up. And the voice ID of the repeater said, WB8ELK, please check. Or anytime somebody keyed up the heater, that message, and it was up there for days. It was there yeah. when I came oh, back man. from date. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's another way of calling you a dipstick. Yeah. Ooh, ouch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, let me uh, talk in the chat room about some of the interesting stories. Let me, uh, let me, you, you talk about streaming. I got another little short story here. Uh, a friend of mine from New York uh, flew down here and went to, uh, rode up to Dayton with us. He back here, and then, of course, he flew out of Memphis. But he, he helped us a, a lot of times with the webcast. So, you know, we webcast our drive up. We drive our webcast back. And um, so after 10 hours, man, I'm tired. I'm getting home. I'm cut, I, We're getting here, and he says, let's go buy Corky's. I want to see Corky's. Now, Corky's is the barbecue place. And I'm thinking, man, I don't want to go by Corky's. I just drove 515 miles. No, I want to go by Corky's. So we were streaming. Okay, so we, we, we went in Corky's, and we took the stream inside Corky's. We took the camera in, and we took the laptop in. And, of course, that's where I sent the astronaut uh, uh, barbecue from. And uh, so... Um, so for people that don't know what I'm talking about, let me let me just preface 
the story here. My, my friend, astronaut Doug Wheelock, uh, I talked to him like 38 times one month when he was in the space station. And on the last discussion I had with him, I told him I was going to FedEx him some Memphis barbecue. And we did in, in Houston, and he, he ate it down here as soon as he landed. So anyway, so we're, we're driving back to Memphis, and um, uh, we go into Corky's. And we probably looked real strange, you know. Couple of hams, probably hats, wrinkled clothes. Been driving all day. Probably took a shower yesterday. Uh, looked tired. And we're, John's wanting to walk around in Corky's, where the barbecue place is. And we're webcasting. And security comes up to us. What are you guys doing? Well, we're webcasting right now. You know, we send, we send barbecue to an astronaut that was in a space station and we got it from Corky's. And the more story we told, the deeper we got in trouble because he didn't believe none of this. So, so we're streaming and then finally we, we decided we just got to get out of there. So we do get out and we, we go out in the parking lot and start to get in the car. And a guy from Australia was watching and he called Corky's and ordered some barbecue sauce. And the manager ran out there and uh, uh, introduced herself and thanked us and asked us all about what we're doing. And she said, I just got a call from a guy in Australia. He ordered some barbecue sauce. So that's kind of that's the story. And I'm sticking to it. Tom? Yeah. Uh, I know before I got on, you were starting to talk about, am I correct for saying you're starting about thinking about doing a 40-meter net again? On Tuesdays? Is that I don't know. I don't really have time to do it, uh, Anthony. Uh, uh, well, I wish we could do some nets. I, you know, leading up to the show, I'm pretty busy, and I don't know. Maybe we could do it on a different day. That might work. I thought the 40 meter net might help to um, uh, get the word out. You know, a little about you know our ham radio show and activities, and people might join us, but. I don't know. Um, I think Ray on here. Uh, Ray, what's Ray's call? W five. Ray, 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 Ray. What's your call? W five. Y Y. Man, I forgot Ray's. I forgot Ray's call. Uh, he's not in here right now. Y Y Z or something. I think Ray maybe is going to volunteer. He might can start calling it. And if I could get someone to call a net, I, I wouldn't mind checking in. It's just I can't, I can't spend all the time uh, prior to the show. So, and and well, guys, if you that, it, hey, you were saying that after the net, you're basically off on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Is that correct before you start the new week for the next show? Is that how you normally work it? Yeah, yeah. The Wednesday is my Friday. You know, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you know, by the weekend, I'm having to start try to to plan something for the next week, but. Uh, uh, hey, just in case we got any DMR people out there, our show has a DMR talk group, 31693. It's not being used. It's Amateur Radio Roundtable talk group, 31693. And it'd be cool to get uh, a group and start using it, man. You got to start using it, 31693. Uh, but the thing about DMR is if you can't get the first couple people in there talking, there's nobody to talk to on there. So if anybody out there is interested and especially you new guys that are just coming in, you know, tech license and are really deep into digital stuff and you like all these hot spots and 
all this kind of stuff that I don't know nothing about, man, you could call a DMR net for us. I'm going to jump out, Tom. Okay, to man. It's good to uh, good to see you, Doc. And, uh, man, glad you joined us tonight. Yeah, I'll get on more often. All right, man. We appreciate it. 73. All right, 73. Thanks, Bob. Good to see you. See you Me too here. I will 73. be leaving now. Saludos to everybody. All right, Charlie. 73, hey, Charlie. Charlie. I know it's getting close to midnight there. Yeah. Exactly. So see you, I have to leave. See, see you later. Thank you and uh, see you Tuesday. Okay. Good night. See ya. So. Well, we've got about 10 minutes left on our slot here, our shortwave radio slot. Uh, hey, everybody, you're listening to the After the Show Show. This is actually uh, uh, a sub show of Amateur Radio Roundtable, but this is the official After the Show Show where we're to just talk about anything and invite you to join us. So uh, if you're out there listening on WBCQ tonight, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com and let us know where you are and, and how you're receiving the station. Uh, I'll occasionally come in here. Our show, actually our audio show, is on Thursdays. We, we t- we've got a two-hour slot on Thursdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. And that's when our audio portion of this show uh, is on. And uh, occasionally I'll tune in, Glenn, and listen to me, listen to you on shortwave, man. It's kind of kind of cool. neat there. So, uh, hey, you can find us on shortwave. You can find us here on YouTube. All of our uh, shows are recorded, even the after the show show is recorded. Uh, you can find all of these uh, on uh, YouTube under our, our W5KUB channel. Uh, also, a lot of people may not know it, but uh, we're on we're covered uh, just about on every podcast carrier there is out there. Uh, if you want to just listen to the show uh, anytime, you can listen to it or you can download it on just about anything from iTunes to uh, Google Play to any any of the uh, podcast carriers out there carry our show. So uh, there's a lot of ways. Join our Facebook group. Twelve thousand people in our face hams in our Facebook group. I uh, would love to have you there. And of course, remember our our website is w5kub.com, w5kub.com or ham-tv.com m-tv.com you can find us and uh, uh on that's our website there's a if you're interested in our balloons there's a a balloon page that gives you a lot of detail and it helps you track the balloons and see where they are in fact i need to look real quick and see where the balloon is we've been on here uh you know a couple uh almost two hours now oh, just updated so let's look and see where it is let's just it's look due north see. of wuhan are we are we north are we north of Wuhan now? Let me let me see yeah. if I can um see if I can get a better picture here. So about two hundred kilometers north. So we're uh, a good altitude. It's it's been rock solid, uh, forty one thousand one hundred forty one feet. We're moving seventy four miles an hour, so that's good. We've been stuck in the thirty miles an hour for a couple of days, so we're starting to hit that high speed wind there. 
And uh, once we get out over the water there, the speeds are, the jet stream's up in the 140 to 160. Uh, let's, let's see where Wuhan, oh man, look, we are close to, we're right above Wuhan there. Yeah, we're right above it. So I need to turn off all those little things. But yep, and uh, we're doing really good. 74 miles an hour, a course of 96 degrees at 41,141. And Bill, I don't know what's wrong, why it won't read voltage right. We're stuck on 3.4 volts. Uh, I know when I run it on a power supply, uh, the voltage varies, but it seems like when I get on solar panels, the voltage don't want to vary. What do you think, Bill? What causes that? The A to D is probably suffering from the temperature. Uh, a lot of A to Ds in the early days, back in the late 70s, had this issue with monotonicity, which would mean shifting bits they really didn't do well with cold and they wouldn't uh properly calculate the bits for the really? digital conversion well, that might be it hey hey bill the other thing is tom yeah. uh, your solar panels are going to be more efficient in the cold temperatures than they are in the surface level so yeah you're already up near the top end of your a to d converter and looking at the JT9 data, which I also have a field there that shows the raw A to D value, it's pegged. Oh, really? 1023. So, uh, you know, you can't go any higher. So Yeah. Uh, uh, I wonder what voltage. I wonder what voltage that is. Let's see, I've, I've got six years. cells. i got six cells. Hopefully that's not over about 3.7. Well, 3.7 is more than your a to d converter that's pegged yeah. out so yeah and, yeah and i don't think when when they start going out at the end of the day or as the first transmission um it's 10 minutes per transmission you probably don't see it starting to decrease in value maybe, maybe. in other know. words you're probably all above the uh the 3.7 volt limit or 3.6 wherever that peak is yeah um it doesn't give you much chance to get below it all right hey but i've noticed that the last two flights yeah you've been just pegged out yeah hey you bill did you see good. i mean it like it, it's good solar panel voltage that's, that's yeah a good yeah thing. so bill did you see the uh, uh facebook messenger i sent you tonight i'm wanting to try so i want to do make a change on the tracker board yeah um michael uh DSS, the uh, he does that with uh, I think three pins, three output pins. Okay. That removes. Uh, he uses the ADD uh, inputs as an output, and he parallels three of them to drive everything. Well, I'm just wondering. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Okay, so that output is actually just the enable, the one we got coming out of there. It enables that. Uh, no, high, no, this is actually supplying. No, I know, I know. His, his, yeah. he's, he's doing that. But I'm saying on our, on the one we're flying right now, that's just an enable that that flips that high side switch on and off. So, that's right. Uh, so uh, I don't know how much current. Yeah. I don't know how much current's there, and that obviously I don't know anything. And here's where Glenn. Well, you, I, I wouldn't. You, I, I personally don't like to run more than twenty milliamps per pin, uh, and I'm sure Glenn has an opinion. About yeah, that's that. where I want to get Glenn involved. So that's an output. Pin. That's an output mm -hmm. pin. That's an output pin on the Arduino. Output pin. 
I, I, I wouldn't so go so I so I get I guess we're getting three we're getting we're getting three point three volts output I don't know how many milliamps but that's out one pin I think it's pin two so let me ask you a question let me ask you a question uh it, it I would think and, and here's where I'm really don't know nothing about coding but I know you've got a line of code that says send this out on this pin uh, is it simple? Is it fairly simple just to add two more pins to that same line and say send this out on it, on pin two, pin pin? Pins, just boom, boom, boom. And you can turn them on. And uh, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of paralleling pins off of a microcontroller to actually power things. What are you um, trying to accomplish? So so, Glenn, what I've got. What I've got the 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 oscillator and the transmitter. Uh, VCC goes to them through a little solid state switch. It's basically a a MOSFET transistor. A high side MOSFET. Yeah. So so the the Arduino I think it's pin two. The Arduino descends an enable out a high. When it goes high, it turns that little chip on. That, that lets three volts go through that chip, and it powers the, uh, the TCXO and the the, uh, the the SI fifty three fifty one the transmitter. So, what I'm trying to do is eliminate that that high side switch, and where this enable pin comes out, that's three volts coming out. If it would just if I just had enough current, I, I could eliminate the high side switch. So if I could parallel three outputs. On the Arduino chip. Uh, why, don't, can, why don't you just go simpler than that? Why don't you use one output with a transistor? Well, that's basically what this thing is. That's, that's basically going to be your most efficient and easy method. Well, but right now this this uh, the little chip that's there, the little chip there is basically a, a, a MOSFET transistor, but it's a six, uh, either a five or six pin. It's a six pin chip, okay? You and that, that's a three pin bipolar. Well, I could put I could put a three pin uh, uh, MOSFET on that pad there and just hook three leads up, you know. So so in other words, there's there's six pins on that little chip. Uh, now the problem is that chip's about the size of a NAT and it's got six legs on it. Yeah. And the smallest soldering iron you can get is about as wide as three of those legs plus. Yeah. Plus the the uh, two of those pins on that board uh, are are ground uh, planes, which means you almost never get enough heat to even solder that sucker on. So I could take a have, uh, yeah. The high side switch I use is much easier to solder, and it does the exact same thing. Yeah, um, that that would be your easy solution. Yeah, what he's well, going to do right. is to parallel outputs to get more current capability. Which I don't recommend doing that because they're, they're not going to be exact. There's going to be an imbalance. You could, yeah, you, you, could, uh, you, you could get into a lockup condition. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you talk me out of it. So on that little chip, it's a six pin. And pin one is the voltage output. And then pins two and three go to ground. Four is the VCC into the chip. Uh, five is the uh, five is ground, and six six is the enable. And you put plus, you put a high on six, and it, that VCC voltage just goes right through it. So I can use a transistor. Uh, 
I can use the enable and the voltage in and the voltage out. I mean, I could. It's the same thing. And yeah. and I could take a transistor. I could take a MOSFET transistor. Actually, turn it upside down, and the three pins will li actually line up to the enable and the voltage in and the voltage out. I, I would use a two N seven thousand two, which is the surface mount version of a two N seven thousand. Yeah. And uh, then you don't have much in the way of any voltage drop yeah. through the MOSFET. But, well, but, that that uh, way that way I don't even have to worry about soldering. I have yeah. is four pins, but they're easy to solder. Um, I can give you the part number for that too. The nets work beautifully well, for me. But I, I I have to change the board up for that. I mean, it it, well, it wouldn't you know, be easy. I, you know, I've seen people use multiple pins to power things or just one pin yeah. to power something like that. I mean, you, you know, it's just like powering an LED. But uh, if you get into some, you know, too much current and you could lock up the processor and wreck that pin output, uh, you know, that's a risk. It's, it's uh, I know people do it, but yeah, I, I just uh, not what I've never been a fan of using a pin to power stuff, even though, you know, LED. Yeah, even though the 328 is, you know, 40 mils a pin. Well, see, this uh, the entire, the entire, volt, the entire current of this that's tracker, max. the entire, the entire current of this tracker is about 40 mils. Yeah. Right. That's risky because uh, particularly if you're tying all pins together to get that extra current. Um, that sounds risky to, to me as well. So, um, mm, I mean, I maybe, maybe, maybe use diodes. Hey, hey, maybe we use diodes and isolate the three pins. Well, then you, now you've got three parts instead of one. I, yeah. Well, I know, I know. Now you're I adding know. weight and more soldering. Well, <laughs> you're not adding much, I'm going to tell you, man. But that's how you would want to do it, yes. You'd have to have three. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'll probably just go. Diodes. I'll probably just go with a with a uh, transistor, and that way I don't even have to worry about soldering the three pins on the ground plane. You don't even have to do yep. that. Oh man! One. All right, hey guys, our time is up. We we uh, we're we're off the radio. We're off the air now. So uh, we'll stick around another minute or two. Um, the, the technical term for that is a latch-up condition. Yeah. Yeah, I have never been a fan of using a, an I.O. pin to power something. I would, if, I would prefer to drive a transistor and have that transistor power that, you know, things. Well, and that chip, do, that chip I is... Do it with an LED, but it only draws 2 milliamps, and you got a blocking resistor on it. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, you know, me, you know that really uh, that high side, that high side chip, which again is the size of a nap, and it's got six legs on it, and each leg is about one millionth of an inch uh, uh, from the next leg. Uh, it, it, basically, all it is is a MOSFET transistor. I don't know why they put six legs on it. To tell you the truth, it's probably just the way the dies put. Together. Somebody, somebody just said, you know, hey, let's make a six-legged chip that's the size of a gnat, and we'll sell out. And uh, yeah, let's make your soldering a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, let's it's put it this way: I've been doing that. 
What was that? Probably had that form laying about from another chip that they had designed. So let's use that one. (laughs) I've been doing research almost all week on low power scenarios because the uh, the Raspberry Pi Pico has a max of 50 mils for the total uh, I/O power on 25 pins. So you know you're going to have to. Everything is going to have to have some form of external drive, like a transistor. And and on the 328P, I know it's a 40 milliamp max. Is that per uh, bank or is that per pin? I mean, that's, you can't draw 40 mils on each pin. That's technically yeah. 40 mils per pin, but there's an upper total limit. That's right. But even you know, at altitude and cold weather, I wouldn't want to push it to 40 mils. I'm like you; I'd stick it to 20 and pray. Yeah, because at at that, those temperatures, nothing plays by the laws of physics. At least in my opinion. But you know, that's that's what I've been doing all week is looking at the Pico, and it's like, ooh, where, how am I going to deal with this? current scenario of 50 mils total for the entire chip and 25 pins that says i can have two mils a pin if i'm using them all and having them all on so you gotta gotta really balance it but the flip side of it is i just found out today the python on that beast is dual threaded because it's got two cores in the cpu but while python itself is multi-threaded the python for the the pico it it doesn't have the processing switching ability, so it will do, you know, one core and the other, and you can at least have two threads running simultaneously. So that opens up a whole new world of things to do. Tom, I'll uh, send you uh, a link to the high slide switch I use that has got easy to solder leads to it, and it's a pretty small little chip but it's easy to solder. I, I doubt I would use it, Bill. If, I, if I'm a... I'll just put it's, a... It's a four-leg four chip. Yep. It's got three... Well, actually, one, two... One's next to five pins, but uh, power, ground, enable, and output. Yeah. So why wouldn't I just use a MOSFET transistor? I mean, you could see. I I can lay. I can I can take a little MOSFET I've got, and to make it fit the you know the enable the VCC and VCC out and enable pins those three pins on the board. I can take a MOSFET transistor and turn it upside down and lay it on there, and I can match the pins up. I can match the. Uh, but. Uh... Is it a P channel or an N channel? It's a P channel. It'd be a P channel. uh, Okay. It's a P channel. Yeah. Uh, Using it to turn on a ground is is easy, but a high side uh, is a little more tricky. Well, let me think about that. I don't play with MOSFETs yet. I, 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 I haven't done it yet, so I'll have to. That's where the high side switch comes in. There's some more control logic in there because yeah, yeah. uh, doing a high, uh, 
turning on the VCC through a P channel, um, you have to have um, one that is capable of a logic level because your your gate has to be high enough to turn it on, and that's there's a charge pump involved to make sure that's high enough when you're using it as a as a supply current. So um, oh, I have, I have to look into it and try it. I'll have to experiment with it. Maybe it takes the end channel. I thought it was. I thought a P. I mean, what what people do when they use a P channel for the high side turning on the VCC? Uh, sometimes they'll need a charge pump on the gate voltage to get it high enough. But I think that's it's set up as a logic level in that chip on those high side switches. Might they be. just make it easier. Does that sound sound about right, Glenn? Yeah. Well, I don't know if if, if I can but keep it. If you it, use a, just a standard uh, transistor, a bipolar transistor, you've got a voltage loss. Right. Much more than a FET. You still have a yeah. voltage loss through the Fed, if you're, but at the current levels that you're talking, it won't won't be much. But it would be, might be substantial on a, a standard bipolar transistor. Well, I'll have to uh, give it a uh, try. I my my goal is to keep reducing parts out of the tracker. If I can get the tracker down to two parts total and nothing small, then hey, that's where we're going to go. I mean, well, some of those parts are necessary. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this thing's got very few parts in it. Very few. I think. I, I honestly uh, think. I, I bet you, I could take this thing. Only has like. Eight, actually, it's got eighteen parts. That tracker parts has eighteen parts on it. I bet you, I could take six of them off, and it would still work. Yeah. Oh well. I'm a big fan of bypass capacitors particularly for an RF circuit. And there's a number of them missing on some of those designs. Yeah, yeah. Man, I got to... Just be aware. What? Just be aware that that could cause issues. Yeah. Yeah. Start removing those kind of things. I got the the, uh, itch again this week in to try to build a homemade balloon. I don't know why I keep wanting to go back to that. I was looking for my net material. Well, you found a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. We found a good one, but I, hey, if I can fly 65, I'd rather fly 65, but, you know. And did you uh, sign off from WBCQ? Yeah, yeah. We're off. Well, they, they'll okay. cut, they cut us off after two hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tom and Bill, I got a question to ask you. Go ahead. Uh, regarding operating whisper using, can you use HRD, WSJ, XT, and Grid Tracker to, to track your, your, your balloons? If well, you the radio to the frequency? well here, here's the thing. If you, WSJT-X, it has various programs in it, and it's got whisper in it. And if the balloon is in range, you will pick it up. And you will um, you'll uh, you'll pick it up, and you'll see a line of data across there that you picked it up at this time, and so forth. 
And if you click on a map, uh, it will show you a map and, and put it on there, but it's only going to show you within 200 miles, a box 200 miles square where it is. Your best... About 63 by 113 miles. Oh, is that what it is? 63 by 113. So it's a big area. Yeah, it depends what latitude you're at, so, but that's right. So you're better off, if you want to track it, you're better off just to go to APRS uh on on the internet and pull it up and and watch it and uh, uh and there's a website tracker.habhub.org that shows yeah. all the balloons flying that with ham radio and some of them with Laura now yeah. uh, but anyways it's tracker.habhub which is hotel alpha bravo hotel united bravo.org well and let me and, show you uh, that shows all the ham radio balloons up in the air let me show you something here. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I also know that if you go to your webpage, you can also track it from there by clicking on the balloon tab, correct? If you go to the balloon tab, you've got Hab Hub that Bill just explained. In fact, that map is embedded on my page, so you, you can just see it. The map, the moving map is already there. So if you go to my page, you can, you can click on Hab Hub and track it. Click on APRS and track it. Clip on Whisper and get the data. Or you can see it on HabHub. Uh, it's all right together in one spot. You don't have to remember addresses or anything, uh, which makes it real easy. Or you can just go directly to, like, tracker.habhub.org, and then you'll have to put in W5KUB-110 uh, and go through all that to, to pull it up but if you just click on the links that i've got on the web page it does all that automatically for you now if you run whisper yeah if if it's in in range it's just like a 20 meter signal you know you don't hear people you don't hear people in uh, germany or whatever talking you know all the time on your radio because the propagation is out there so you're only going to hear it on uh, whisper uh, when it's in within range and the propagation is good so you know a lot of people do it just for the fun to say I, I i picked it up but it doesn't really show much well it's not like operating phone you you're operating like similar to how you're operating fc4 and fc8 you're only you're getting digital signals but the other question that i have is can you only receive the balloon or can you transmit to the balloon as well no you only we're going to receive you're only going to receive and you got to remember too we're running 10 milliwatts and in that whispered band pass there there's probably a thousand people out there transmitting on those same frequencies probably a thousand people out there so you know the chances are you picking it up you know might you might be able, a lot of people pick it up and and, and you know can get it but um uh, the nice thing about it is you, we've got people all over the world that are monitoring Whisper. Therefore, people in England are going to pick it up or Belgium are going to pick it up where we won't even hear it. And all the different people pick it up and they post it to Whisper, and that's where we get the data. All right, guys, let's get... Said, yeah, what was that? If I'm hearing the signal from the balloon, is it going to give me... The call sign, knowing that I'm I, I'm actually receiving that signal from from your balloon, or not? It will yes. whisper. It's digital. Whisper will whisper will give you a printout, and it'll say 
it'll say um, well I'm gonna, it'll 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 give the call letters and it'll give you a lot of information uh, so uh, I'm gonna pull it up on the website here I'm gonna pull it up on a website real quick so if I go to the balloon and I scroll down I can click on W5KUB whisper data right here. If I click on that, it's going to give me a printout right there. It's going to give me the, the date, the time, the call, W5KUB, the frequency, the signal to noise, the four-digit grid square, and uh, it's going to tell me who picked it up. It's just a long list of you. Can, if you can see that, uh, Anthony, uh, that's what you'll see. Every 10 minutes, you'll see people picking it up right there. And if you go to the map, uh, if you go to the map, let me click on map up here at the top. Uh, it's going to bring the map up. Now, you see right there, if you can see it, that's that's thousands of people on Whisper right now. And uh, uh, you can go down here and you can put in, put, put select 20 meters only. And you can put the call in, W5KUB. And and right now uh, on Whisper, only one station is picking it up on Whisper, and that's a uh, guy in Japan, JS6 UGC. Only one person is picking the balloon's tra that last transmission up. So without him, we wouldn't know where it is. Now normally that's pretty rare. Normally at least three or four or five are picking it up, but Many times we've got, you know, there, there may be 20 or 30 people picking it up. So with that said, um, if you were setting up a new balloon before you were launching, you had it hanging up in a tree outside your house and making sure everything works and you had it transmitting, I can get on a whisper and look for it and see if I can find it from your house and see if I can hear the signal, correct? Yeah, and you wouldn't even have to tune around and look for it. You just set your uh, whisper for 20 meters. There's a standard whisper spot. So you just set it for 20 meters, whisper, and it's going to listen. It may hear me. It may not hear me. Like I said, it's going to be competing with probably hundreds and hundreds of stations on that same frequency. We're running 10 milliwatts. You may not hear it. A guy in St. Louis may hear it. A guy in Paducah, Kentucky may hear it. You may not hear it. I just have to give it a try and see because I know when I'm operating FC4, FC8 is what I want to do 30, 40, you know, 20, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I know it's going to tune, it's going to default to the, to the frequency for, for FC4, FC8. So I would imagine that the program is going to do the same thing for Whisper. I'm yeah, it does. It does. It picks, the, it picks the frequency for Whisper. All right, guys, it's late. I need to get out of here and go and get me some popcorn or something. It's my Friday night. So tomorrow is kind of like Saturday for me. <laughs> I don't have to do anything for the show for a couple more days. So thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. I really, really appreciate you being with us. Thanks to everybody in the chat room, by the way. We still got a few people in there uh, in the chat room that hung in there with us. 
Tom, did you did you get any storm damage from last night's storms or this morning? No, no, we had some we had some thunder and some rain this morning, but uh, that's uh, that's all we had. This is the now, first. Uh, the the big storms that went through a few what over the weekend. Yeah. When was that? Um, oh. Why do you, when you every had, every week yeah. we had one come through, except this week nothing this week. No, the one the last storm that you had. When was that? Where the you had to turn your generator on. Yeah, I don't remember. Glenn, when was it? Well, that was the ice storm, I think. No, no, just no, we recently. Had the, we had the really nasty front come through. Oh, that's right. That's say. Yeah. Like last Wednesday, I can't, Thursday. Guys, I, I can't even remember anymore. I lost 18 shingles off, off my roof during that storm. We had 80 mile hour winds up here in the mountain. Yeah, we were supposed to have 60 to 70 mile an hour winds. I don't think it ever got quite that high here. It ripped a good chunk of my my roof off. Yeah, yeah. I just got it, and it was leaking onto the dining, the kitchen table. Well, that's not so good. Uh, just, All right, well, but, I got to run, guys. Yep, yep. Bill, you have experience from Hera Arena. You just set you up a tent inside your dining room. You know, I uh, they had the buckets, the big trash cans there near the dining room area, and those were always fascinating. I, you know, it was like one of those tropical paradise restaurants with the waterfalls coming yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the hair yeah. roof leaking onto into a trash can. The ambiance, but it was still pretty. No, I still it, it miss definitely those didn't days. match the paradise ones, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've I'm got a. We'll uh, see you I've, next week. Okay, we'll see. I've got a, a special. Right. I've got a special tarp here that. Uh, it's uh it's a yellow, really heavy duty tarp. It's probably. I'm guessing it's probably twenty by twenty, and right in the center it has a hose connection on it. You know where you could you could screw a, a garden hose on it. So you can take that 20 by 20 and just put it in your dining room there, you know, put it in all yeah. four corners and run, drain run, out the window, yeah. run the hose out the window, you know. I've, I've never had to use it. It's still all uh, packaged up there. Well, I got the roof repaired. I had my roof guy come out and took 18 shingles. Yeah. They were all over the front yard. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good Put night, everybody. Well, what? You what? All right. See y'all later. Yep. We'll see you. Good night, yeah, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Take it easy. Tim. Tim. Tim Conway. Save me three. Save me three to Tim Conway out there. Tim, you were quiet tonight, but uh, man, thanks for joining joining us, Tim. Uh, look forward to seeing you every week here, and uh, uh, we'll we'll see all you guys later there. All right, we're going to close down, and I'm going to get me some popcorn or something, get me a snack, maybe watch a little TV, maybe find an old sitcom or something on, have some fun, enjoy it. And we will see you guys next week. Save me three to everybody.